G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as the principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Our series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2. In this particular lesson, from John Chapter 16, it's entitled, Plain Speech, based on verses 25 to 33 of John 16. Jesus has been speaking in parables, in proverbs, in metaphors, but he's going to actually change over and begin to speak in very down-to-earth phrases. In fact, what we would call plain speech. Jesus, in this point, is preparing himself and his followers for the time of his passion, which is virtually around the corner. Soon after giving all these discourses, he's going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and there he will be arrested, tried, condemned, and executed. So for him, it's the most harrowing of prospects. But he's not alone. He's got these 11 followers. Judas Iscariot's already forsaken him, and is preparing to betray him. So he misses out on all these discourses, whereas those who remain are being prepared. Jesus is speaking to them about very important things, about himself, about them, and about the mission they will have once he rises from the dead and ascends to heaven. It's called the Christian Church, the Kingdom of God. So, I want to read to you a little portion from today's segment, Plain Speech from John 16, verses 25 to 33. Let's look at verse 29. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee, By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Question mark. Well, what is this all about? In part, what it's about is that Jesus tells them, I'm now going to speak to you very plainly, down to earth, simply. He does that. And that's their response. They say, hey, you're speaking plainly now, and not in Proverbs or in highfalutin language. Because you're speaking plainly, 
Now we are sure that you know everything, and you don't need anyone to ask you anything. And because of all this, we now believe that you came from God. Is it any wonder that Jesus queries them and says, do you now believe? In other words, what's taking you so long? We have been together all this time. You have seen every miracle. You have heard every discourse. You have been in proximity to myself. I have been really as an open book. But because of my unique identity, it's taking time for you to really figure out who I am. I haven't deliberately concealed anything. It's just the penny drops ever so slowly. So this is the challenge that they all face, is that it's taken a long time, even for the more, most basic things, as like the identity of Christ himself. But once he's risen from the dead, and once they enter into the new birth, and even more, once they are baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, their understanding of Christ, themselves in Christ, the mission, and the kingdom of God will grow exponentially. They will know so much more than even what they knew up to this point. So this is something to look forward to. But in this particular lesson, we're going to learn about Jesus in plain speech and that there is peace in Messiah. Now I want to read to you from the entire portion of John 16, verses 25 to 33. Our lesson is called Plain Speech, and again the reference is John 16, 25 to 33. This, friends, is the word of God. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and have come into the world again. I leave the world, and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Our reading is from John chapter 16, verses 25 to 33. And our lesson is called Plain Speech. As I said in the introduction, language matters. It is ever so powerful. Not only is it important what we say, it is also important how we say it. 
those two, when they coalesce, can be like an arrow that hits the bullseye. And really, that's part of the defining character of leadership. There's other things too, like courage and vision. But an ability to communicate clearly is really high up the list. It's hard to follow somebody who you don't even understand what they're saying. But when you understand, and they are passionate, compelling, and they know what they're talking about, it is like a magnet. And so when we now focus on Jesus Christ, he's not just a leader of leaders. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is now speaking to his followers, and that's not just to the 11 that are here with him. It also includes us. That's why it's documented in Scripture, for our benefit. So in John 16.25, we have what is called a change of language. Jesus is preparing his followers for the future. They will go from being a dedicated party of believers with Jesus at the head to becoming leaders of the embryonic Christian church. Instead of being led by Jesus in person, he will ascend to heaven, send the Holy Spirit, and they, the disciples of Jesus, will be filled and led by the Spirit. Unlike the enemies of Jesus, who are bound by religious tradition and doctrines of men, and, to put it as an understatement, a terrible bad attitude on top of it all, The followers of Jesus, on the other hand, will see that the Lord is a fulfillment of Scripture. They will model spirit-filled living to the world. So, for the last few chapters, ever since the Last Supper, Jesus washed the disciples' feet, spoke about the departure of the traitor, as well as his identity. Of course, we know who that is, Judas Iscariot. They also, or in these discourses, reveal the arrival of the Comforter, the Paraclete, the Advocate, the one that comes alongside to guide, to protect, to defend, to counsel. This is the Holy Spirit. In the last lesson, Jesus spoke about, quote, a little while. And in a little while he would leave them, and in a little while He would return unto them again because he goes to the heavenly Father. Now, in this verse, Jesus admits that he spoke to them in figurative language or proverbs. Yet, the time is coming that he will replace figurative language for plain speech. That means that whatever he receives from the Father will be simply and plainly conveyed to them. Now, that is actually very good news. However, again, the understanding is slow to be formed. In John 16, 26, the phrase is used, at that day. In fact, it's a key phrase. And Jesus speaks about the day of plain speech, the day they will pray in the name of Jesus. And Jesus does not say he will intercede to the Father on their behalf. Now, that's a bit awkward sounding at first. They're going to pray, but Jesus is not going to intercede on their behalf. And why not? According to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, 
Jesus is our great high priest. He's our great intercessor, and he ever lives to make intercession for us. So why does he say here he will not say that he will intercede to the Father? Here is the explanation found in John 16, verse 27. Why won't Jesus intercede? He uses the phrase, because the Father in heaven loves the disciples. Why does the Father in heaven love the disciples? Because the disciples loved Jesus and believed he came from God. It appears that Jesus, who is the only way to the Father, delivers his followers to the Father, and now the followers, that's you and me, can directly transact our prayers with the Father. Note that the Lord's Prayer, which is given for all disciples, is addressed, Our Father, who art in heaven. It's almost as if to say we don't need Jesus' direct intervention in our prayer life because Jesus has already intervened, brought us to the Father through the blood of his cross. So now that we're with the Father, we can just deal directly with him. In that case, no middleman. Now, friends, I would never have said this except that Jesus is the one that is saying it right here in John chapter 16. You can basically, because you love me, God loves you, I have brought you to God, so now go and talk to the Father, addressing him as Father, and have your prayers answered. Let's go to verse 28 of John 16. The big journey. Jesus explains with total conviction that he came forth from God and he came into the world. Again, he will leave the world and he will return to the Father. So then an interesting response. We get it. John sixteen twenty nine. The disciples finally pipe up. Oh, you really are speaking plainly and not in Proverbs. We understand now what you're trying to say. We get it. And then they add some more here. In verse 30, now we know for sure. They go from having a little fog around their head to having no fog, open heaven, blue skies. They get it. And more than that, they are confident and assured. Again, this is John sixteen thirty. There is a further pronouncement. After all this, the disciples are sure that Jesus knows all things and doesn't need anyone to ask him questions. For all this, we believe that you have come from God. Well, of course, this is all correct. But why are they affirming this literally within a few hours of the passion of Jesus beginning? They basically had the whole time that they were with Jesus on the gospel road as his followers for three years, maybe even more than three years. Why is it only now that they finally are sure he came from God? I mean, it could be a little bit irritating from the Lord's part, especially is because he gave him 
or gave them, I should say, his very best, the best teaching, the best role modeling, the best input, the best everything. Now, now, on the eve of the passion, we believe and are sure you've come from God. Okay, well, I guess better late than never. With this in mind, John 16.31, not persuaded. Jesus asked the penetrating question. They are trying to tell him something they think he wants to hear. We're sure now you've come from God. His response, do you now believe? They are saying all the right things, and they're certainly sincere, yet they do not have the empowerment and boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit. Not yet, at least, because that will be deferred until the day of Pentecost, which is only a couple of months away. What we have here, the darkness of Christ's passion is on the way. The disciples, far from being bold, are going to flee in terror from the Garden of Gethsemane. But to be honest, frankly, who wouldn't? Unless we have supernatural boldness in the face of indescribable darkness and evil, we'd probably do exactly the same thing. So then we come to verse 32. The hour's coming indeed is at hand that the disciples will all be scattered and everyone will go their own way. Jesus will be forsaken by them all. Yet, he is really not totally forsaken because at this point, the Heavenly Father is still with him. Yes, he will be with him until the weight of the world's sins are placed on Christ at the cross. When that happens... He will declare from the cross of Calvary, quoting from Psalm 22, verse 1, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And this is in Matthew 27, 46, and Mark 15, 34. Finally, peace in Messiah, John 16, 33. Everything I have spoken to you in all these discourses is that you will have peace in me. After all, according to Isaiah 9-6, Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. The Lord reminds them that this is a fallen world, and one of the aspects of its fallenness is tribulation. The word for world is cosmos, meaning arrangement, adornment, decoration, and also the world order of sinful humanity. The word tribulation is the ellipsis, which speaks of pressure, oppression, affliction, and distress. Such pressure can bring anguish, burdens, trouble, and tribulation. So it does not mean to refer to the end-time trouble only, but any pressure cooker problem. Tribulation is guaranteed in a fallen world. Yet Jesus does not say these things to discourage, but to encourage Be of good cheer, he exhorts, for I have overcome the world. Indeed, he has. Remember that Jesus overcomes the world in seven areas, in sin, sickness, worldliness, danger, the devil, death, and hell. No one else in history has even overcome one of these formidable foes, and if they had, they would be well celebrated. Christ has overcome all seven foes. 
and his victory is passed down to all who believe. It is on this basis we can handle the trouble because our Savior and Lord has overcome the world and all the hurdles in it. Now our lesson is called Plain Speech, and our lesson for life is read and imbibe the words of Christ because they will deliver peace and overcoming power. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.